Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Talking about chicken a la king Mango and garbanzo tabbouleh Potatoes and vegetables With roasted garlic and basil Zucchini ziti Granola fruit bar Look at all this beautiful food Hello, I'm Dan Adude, and welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, the show where I talk with some of my favorite people about their lives, their careers, and more. But all I care about is what is in their fridge. I'm very excited about my guest today. She played the unbelievably hilarious Suri Xerox in 30 Rock. She is in the films Born a Champion and Great White. And just to show you the range she has as an actor, you can also see her on The Bold and the Beautiful. Please welcome Katrina Bowden. Was that a good intro? It was a great intro. Okay, cool. Well, I'm very, very excited to talk to you. I have seen your fridge. We're about to get into it. I have so many questions uh, to ask you. First of all, are you COVID negative? You just we had to we had to postpone a little bit because you had a COVID test. I am I am COVID negative. I, I have to get tested twice a week for Bold and the Beautiful, so I, I have to go in a lot and never had it so far. So really, is it salacious to be on a soap opera and like be worried about? Is everyone just making out every day? Is that what happens? No, we have to be like eight feet apart from our scene partners at all times, and <laughs> which makes. Uh, you know, a soap opera is like all like intimate scenes. So we're trying to create an intimacy where like just like staring longingly across the room at somebody. Oh, my God. It's like a telenovela. I love it. It's been a struggle. But <laughs> <laughs> speaking of struggles, let's get to your fridge. You guys can see Katrina's fridge on my Instagram at Stand Up Dan. We're putting it on blast. First of all, beautiful fridge. Let's start with the positives. You've got a great fridge. It's pretty. I like the handles. It is nice. I'm seeing this in a lot of quarantine fridges, which is a lot of the CBD weed kind of cannabis drinks. You've got this is like 25% of your fridge is devoted to this. Have you been stressed out? Do you need to talk about something? Yeah, you know, I, I during quarantine, I was I was hitting the wine a little hard. So I decided to kind of switch to the cannabis drinks. And um, I just really like these. They're they're good. They're good. I Can I tell you something? I went through the same exact thing. I became, because I was like, all right, I'm going to become an alcoholic. So I might as well focus my alcoholism and learn about wine. So like I got a wine book and tastings and all this stuff. But I was drinking like, you know, half a bottle to a bottle of wine a night. It was not good. Yeah, it becomes, it becomes so easy to do it too. It becomes so easy. But, you know, then these are kind of fun because they chill your brain out at night and you can still kind of sleep and not wake up in the middle of the night. So I ain't mad at it. I love how they're like trying to pass pass off as being healthy, though. They're like, these are probiotic weed drinks. It's got vitamin D. <laughs> it's got vitamin D and antioxidants and, <laughs> and um, adaptogens in it. And Skull Crush Sativa 24. It's just wonderful for you. What's <laughs> adaptogens? What's an adaptogen? I don't even know what that is. They don't have adaptogens in them, but they may as well. Um, <laughs> adaptogens are like like a mushroom superfoods. Oh, yes. That's the thing. That's a new thing. The mushroom teas I'm seeing a lot of now. 
That's what an adaptogen is. I'm actually growing mushrooms right now. Regular eating mushrooms, not tripping mushrooms. In my, in my, there's a little box you can get that you spray it twice a day and uh, mushrooms grow out of it in a week. I'm very bored, Katrina, is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. That'll be our Green Eggs and Dan gift to you is a mushroom growing kit to have in your, so you can be creepy like me in your home. Spindrift on the top left. This Spindrift seems to be making a move for LaCroix. They saw LaCroix. They were like, there's a market and we can make it a little more flavorful. And I think people are there. People are making the switch. Oh, I am. I, I will not touch LaCroix. I, I am a Spindrift girl through and through. I, so it's all I want to drink. Oh my God. This is, this is polarizing. Die hard. <laughs> I mean, the only difference is that it has like fresh, like it's got a little bit of juice in it. It's got a little bit of fresh. That juice. makes all the difference because yeah. it actually tastes like grapefruit where the, the LaCroix kind of taste. They don't really taste like what they're supposed to taste like. They just, they all taste the same. By the way, this podcast is sponsored by LaCroix. So. <laughs> well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's not. But I agree with you. Like The, the LaCroix flavors taste like the ghost of grapefruit just like kind of wafted in the room. Whereas this is like, oh, it tastes like grapefruit. Yeah. I saw a meme once that said that LaCroix tasted like someone had sparkling water and then screamed from like three rooms away like watermelon. <laughs> and that's what it tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> that is very accurate. Okay, let's talk about on in the door here. This poor guy. This poor guy in the door. There's a lone red pepper in a bag. like, it, And it looks like it's being suffocated like it's in Dexter. And it's just like, <laughs> it's just on its own. On, it's got its own little shelf. And it's just like looking out. It's like Rapunzel alone in the tower, just like like not part of the fun of the whole fridge. You know, it should be with its friends and like the crisper drawers, but um, there was no room. So there was no room. I put it there and then I forgot to move it. Now that there is, there is actually room in the other drawers now, but I never know if I'm supposed to take them out of the bag. I feel like you probably are because, like you said, it is does look like it's suffocating. <laughs> it literally looks like you're trying to snuff the life out of it. Yeah, uh, it's, it is very Dexter. <laughs> you're probably supposed to take it out of the bag. But then, like with lettuce, it's like they. I, I've heard people be like, "Take the lettuce out, clean it, then wrap it in damp paper towel." I'm like, "Fuck you! This is gonna take me like three hours every time. It's too much." Too much work. Hard kombucha. I ha- I haven't had this yet, but I can't imagine it being bad. I mean, it's like I so I feel the same way about White Claw that you probably feel about Lacroix. I'm like, this is gross. I don't like it. There's got to be a better way. I imagine this is probably what the hard kombucha June Shine is trying to do. Yeah, I don't I don't really like uh, the White Claws either. Um, but these these kind of have a beer taste to them. Mm. But it's kombucha. So this one, hopical citrus, it's like kind of hoppy tasting. So it tastes kind of like more like a beer. You know, I'm a, I, this is last year I found out I'm allergic to hops, which is so annoying because I love beer. How allergic? Like what happens? It's not fun. Like I, I start like my whole body feels very hot and then I get a little splotchy and then I get exhausted like after like one IPA. I don't know if these actually have hops in them. It is booch. I mean, because this... Kombucha basically is fermented, so that's how you make alcohol. I don't know that they need to add any stuff to it. Okay, I'm going to... There's something you know I'm making my way to. I'm not going to get here yet. I want to save the best for last. You got your bottle of champagne here. 
got it. Is there was there a special occasion you got that for, or it's just in case of emergency? I have had that bottle of champagne since I think two thousand seven or eight. Whoa. It was a gift for one of the um, Emmy nominations for Thirty Rock, and I still haven't opened it. Oh my god! It's come with me, and I've moved so many times, and it just comes with me and goes in the next fridge. Well, it's become your little security blanket that you take with you wherever you go now. Just, you know, when people open my fridge, they'll be immediately impressed. Also, it's a great story, because it's like, it's not as ostentatious as like having your Emmy out like by the TV, like on, on the mantle. It's like, oh, that's champagne. Oh, yeah, that's from the Emmy nom. Ugh, I always forget about that. <laughs> it's just there. <laughs> it's just what you got I don't know. know what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, there's like a glass thing around it so you can't access it. Yeah. And then, okay, I like, you've got a lot of Trader Joe's love. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out from looking, from like looking at your fridge where you shop mostly. And it's tough because there's a lot of Trader Joe's action in the doors. And then there's a lot of stuff here that has Erwan whiffs up to it. A little Erwan whiff. Like, that's my guess. I go to Air One. I go to Whole Foods sometimes, but Trader Joe's is close to me, so it's easy. I go to Creation to get juices and soups, like the one with the soup at the top there. Oh, yeah. I wanted to ask you about this. This is like a faux and a, like it's like an instant faux, or how does this work? Yeah, you just heat it up. It's a glass jar and you just heat it up. I love that. Do you say faux or pho? I say faux. Me too. Honestly, like, I'm so tired of these people with their like, it's pho. I'm like, well, then change the O. Just drop the O. Drop the O. Give me a U-H. What's this, by the way? Is this a big thing of pea soup or pesto? That's pesto that my friend made me. My friend who's a chef made me this mint uh, and basil pesto. Wow. That is a shit ton of pesto. It's a lot of pesto. I mean. I had to to freeze it for a while. It's almost gone now, so I moved it into the fridge again that is mucho pesto although you can use it with this chicken here i imagine that's chicken right that's chicken i shop a lot at belcampo whoa they have good stuff great stuff and so that's belcampo and then the there's a green sauce that's also belcampo this thing here this looks like guac it's not it's like a it's like a garlic parsley thing awesome i actually just made some chimichurri last night believe it or not because i have some friends coming over who want some lamb and this goes first of all chimichurri is like the best it goes well with everything like lamb fish beef and it's super easy to make it's basically parsley oregano shallot garlic red pepper a little vinegar olive oil throw it in the food processor and it's like my go-to delicious i love lamb too i'm a huge lamb fan a lot of people are like i like lamb when it's not gamey and i'm like but that's what it's supposed to taste like <laughs> all right now we've got, you've got your two like enormous phallic cucumbers as well just hanging out like like right in the middle of the like middle bottom of the fridge like if the fridge had a penis this is where it would be it's because they're too big to fit in the drawers yes there's no other option (laughs) they're too big to fit in the drawers these are always funny these cucumbers to me because they're like so like every other cucumber is like a what are these these are english or i I always forget what the names are they're called hot house hot house they even have a gross name But they look they look like balloon animal, like the balloons that they use for balloon animals before they twist them up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like they even hang to the right. I mean, they're just so gross. <laughs> okay, let's get to the pièce de résistance here. I I wrote to you about this last night because I was so mortified by it. But on the second row, we have something called jam and salmon veruva. It's a soup. I literally thought this was dog food at first. <laughs> it is. 
dog food. Oh, it is dog food. It's dog food. But I love that you thought it was. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Okay. I thought it was dog food and it is dog food because it says jam and salmon with chicken and salmon in pumpkin soup. Mm-hmm. I mean, they say they write it on the front like that's going to be the selling point. Like that's appetizing. <laughs> Yeah, no, it sounds disgusting, but my dog loves it. Um, it's it's technically human grade dog food. It looks like a, it looks like a soup that you would actually potentially eat. I mean, it's funny to just describe dog food as soup because I because you think of that as a human. That's a human thing that we do. <laughs> like dogs aren't sitting around having like you know tortilla soup or anything. No, uh, but it's like. You know, it actually, it just looks like a soup. I've, I've, you know, I've been giving this to my dog for so many years and I've always been like slightly tempted to try it just because it is human grade food, but I just can't get myself to do it. Well, okay. I'm very impressed with your fridge. Congratulations. Also a very clean fridge, which is nice. A lot of people you'd be, you'd be shocked at how disgusting. So, oh my God. Like, and especially it's like the, the more the people are like, like in the food world, they're the ones that have the disgusting fridges. I wonder why that is. They, they they just don't bother to like clean it out. I think it's the type of thing where like, you know how when you come home from work, the last thing you want to do is talk about work. It's kind of like that. They're like, oh, I've been cleaning fridges and dealing with food prep all day. The last thing I want to do now is like do that in my own home. I'm going to let this go to shit. I don't know. That's my, like we've had Michelin star chefs on the show whose fridges look like like they're they're in a homeless shelter that ran out of money like six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so I'm wondering, are they like are they really sparse and like nothing in them other than like a bottle of old ketchup, or is it just like a bunch of weird shit all shoved in there? No, it's su- so it's super sparse. The chefs are super sparse. Like I'm talking like half an avocado that is like brown. And like, you know, a little thing of hummus, but like the top of it is like not even on it. So it's like, crusted over <laughs> but the people like the the big food people like the the food journalisty people their fridges are ridiculous because they have all these people send them free shit to try and they just like it looks like a food museum like it's like a dean and deluca just like in their home nice i know fridge goals so what is your what is your i know nothing about your food sitch are you a restaurant person are you not do you go out to eat i mean i know it's pandemic so it's a little weird now i like going out to eat i also like cooking so i like to do i like to do both oh what what is your what is your go-to like do you have a style of cooking that you gravitate towards i typically like italian and mediterranean flavors the most um but i I cook a lot of meatballs and i cook a lot of salmon really so i think it's funny because I think that's the best way to cook is the Italian Mediterranean stuff because it's so easy compared to a lot of different other cuisines. It's like you have a good olive oil, you have a good salt, you have some lemons and you can fucking make everything. What is your go-to salmon uh, dish? I typically, I do like a, like a pesto salmon and, or I'll just do like a really simple like salt, pepper and garlic and like pan sear it and then put it in the oven. Yeah. Just like fast and easy. I like it crispy outside are you good at cooking for other people like if you have people coming over yeah i am i get a little i get a little anxious about it because i want it to be perfect but no i'm 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 pretty good if i have a lot of people coming over i'll typically make something more like a meatball because it's easy to prep it ahead of time and it's you know easier than baking salmon for everyone i've never really messed with meatballs but it seems like a very good easy go-to throw it together and look fancy Thing to do yeah it, it's it can be like really impressive especially if you do like a lamb meatball 
you get your chimichurri sauce and you like drizzle it on top. Ooh, put some edible flowers around it. Oh, whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so that's your thing. Like, if someone's like, "Oh my god, I'm coming over tonight," you're like, "Got it." And then you just go to Bel Campo, get your ground lamb, and do you mix it? Do you cut it with anything, or you just do 100? percent I usually just use all lamb, and then I'll use some like breadcrumbs, and I'll add some spices. But no, I don't usually mix the meats. I usually. Just keep it lamb. Do you do an egg in there? Like a lot of people are into the egg in the meatball sitch. Yeah, I do. You do? Yeah. Yeah, I think for lamb especially because lamb has so little fat in it that you need to fatten it up a little. It needs something to like help it stick together a bit. Yeah, interesting. So I've never... It's funny. I have... So I have... Somehow I I got into this mess where um, tomorrow night... No, Friday night I have two people coming over for dinner who have like, and people will come over to my place and like request things. Cause like I cook it on my Instagram and they're like, Oh my God, use the smoker. And I want lamb shank. And I'm like, okay, I got you. And then like Saturday also somehow I made plans and people are like, Oh my God, let's do a prime rib with oysters. And I'm like, man, I'm, I can't sleep Katrina. Cause I'm, I, I have that anxiety. You're running a high-end restaurant just from your own place. Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm running a speakeasy restaurant here now that <laughs> things are shut down. But it's funny, like, I know how to cook, but I always get this anxiety of like, oh, fuck, I'm going to... And I end up basically getting way too much food. And then what happens is I start inviting people, more people, because I'm like, oh, God, I have all this food. What am I going to do with it? And then they don't respond to me within like five minutes that they can make it. And then I start freaking out and I invite more people. And then the first round of people responds. And then I'm like, oh, no, I hope no one from the second round responds. And then I have like 12 people in my house for like one steak. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you're like, well, shit, now I don't have enough food for these 24 people who have all replied yes to this last minute invite. Right. And then I just reply to all of them and say, by the way, just so you know, this is not a dinner party. It's a coffee uh, and cookie party. (laughs) Make sure you've eaten dinner. Potluck. It's changed in the last second. (laughs) By the way, potluck is such a fucking sellout way to have a dinner party. It's like, hey, I want you guys here. I want to do none of the work. So you do the work and I will supply housing. Like, fuck you. And I'll take the credit. Yes. It's such <laughs> it's such crap. Yeah. <laughs> no, I bring napkins when people invite me to a potluck. I'm like, fuck you. Here are the napkins. Here are the nap- <laughs> what is your... here? I think I have interesting wine etiquette when someone brings wine to my place. This might be poor wine etiquette, but this is what I do. And I feel like... <sighs> someone brings a bottle of wine to my place. Okay. And right after they leave, I'd say three minutes after they leave, I am opening up my phone to see how much this bottle of wine is that they brought to my place. Oh. Yeah. Because let me tell you something. If you're bringing a zero to nine dollar bottle of wine to my place for a dinner party, I don't think you're getting invited back. <laughs> you don't want like the, the Trader Joe's <laughs> Charles Shaw special three nights <laughs> the, the Charles Shaw. No, I don't want the Charles Shaw. I don't want the the yellow. What's the one? The yellow one with the kangaroos. Oh, the yellow tail. Yellow tail. I don't want yellow tail. Like I'm going all out. I, I'm getting the best ingredients I can for this thing. I'm going to Bel Campo. I'm going to Huntington Meats. I'm getting good shit. I'm going to impress you with food, and then you bring a. It's not fair. No. Yeah, it's- I agree. I actually I haven't done that. <laughs> I'm not quite as crazy, but. I do understand. I will always bring like a nicer bottle of wine. Yeah. Lately, you know what my my go-to is? I'm bringing, I got a bunch of, did you watch that show Salt, Acid, Fat, Heat, whatever it's called? No. Oh, okay. It's on Netflix. Um, There's this chef, Samin Nusrat, and she's like, 
she goes all over the world and in her Japan episode, which I don't know if you've ever been to Japan. I have not. First of all, their food culture is probably the most exciting in the world. But they have these like wacky things that she showcased in her show. Like one was a soy sauce that is like made in the last soy sauce factory that still uses wooden old wooden barrels to like age the soy sauce and there's this like one old man manning the you know the brew and it's like that is cool so i bought a bunch of those and i give those as gifts or there was like like a japanese salt factory where they make salt by picking seaweed out from the depths of the ocean and then drying the salt on the seaweed so the seaweed has like the salt has like a little seaweedy flavor to it oh interesting got a bunch of bags of that shit those are great gifts and guess what 15 bucks 15 bucks really yeah well now you told everyone your secret (laughs) your 15 dollar gift secret we can we can edit on this show i will edit that out (laughs) hold on let me just just for sound uh, 350 bucks and we'll just edit we'll just splice that in (laughs) perfect Before we get back to Katrina, let's talk about the booch, specifically the name, kombucha. The name came about from Americans doing what we do best, being a little culturally ignorant. Kombucha comes from China and is fermented sweet black tea. However, in China, it's called pu'er. The Japanese have a tea they make out of kelp, and the tea is called kombucha. However, that is not what we drink when we buy kombucha. But when this vinegary drink made its way to America in the early 20th century, people assumed it was the Japanese stuff and started calling it kombucha. So next time you order kombucha, ask for pu'er tea. When they don't know what you're talking about, accuse them of racism, grab the kombucha, and run out with it. Shoot a video, tag me in it, and let's go to jail together. Okay, back to Katrina. All right, I'm going to get to these questions that we ask every guest towards the end of the episode. No rush, no rapid fire here, but I'm very curious about a lot of these for you because you do seem someone who's very food-oriented, which is a surprise and awesome because I talk to a lot of people, especially people in LA who don't give a fuck about food, and it's just kind of, it's tiring. Yeah, I love food. Yeah, as you should. I mean, it's great. It's food. Guys, it's great. Even her dog has French onion soups with Gruyere. Salmon and pumpkin soup. It sounds so gross. It's got like these big peas in it too. It's, it's <laughs> I mean, uh, just, just write, it's a wonderful soup for dogs. Don't break down the literally three things that should never be in the same, in the same bowl together are salmon and beef and pumpkin. And peas. And peas. All right. What is your earliest food memory? Oh, um, my earliest food memory is probably... My mom would make pancakes every Sunday, and she had this this cookbook called The Joy of Cooking. Yeah, classic. Yeah, and so she had these this like buttermilk pancake recipe that she always made, and we do that every Sunday. I love it. That cookbook is so nostalgic. It's got that red and white checkered cover, right? That's awesome. Wait, so where where did you grow up? I grew up in New Jersey. Wow, okay. That's ex- that's nice. So, Are you from the East Coast too? Yes, I'm from New York. Okay. Can we still be friends? Yeah, I lived in oh. New York for nine years. I love New York. Where did you live when you were in New York, by the way? A little all over the place, but all downtown. So like um, I lived in Lower East Side, and then I lived in Union Square, and then I lived in Greenwich Village. What were your go... Because that's where I lived, and we probably lived there around the same time. What, what were your go-to restaurants when you were living down there? Ooh... God, well, there's such a high turnover. So they're pro- like, they're probably not even there anymore. But in the Lower East Side, um, 
you know, in that, that area spe- specifically, like restaurants last like a month and then they're gone. Yeah, um, that's a tough one. Um, let me think about when I was in Greenwich Village. I would go to, you know, I went to um, I went to Bar American a lot, which is not in my neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Bobby Flay's place. It was on 7th Avenue, I think. Yeah, I went there a lot. That was near um, 30 Rock. That was an interesting restaurant. That was his first restaurant. And it was so cool. And then he got super famous. And then like the quality of all of his restaurants just kind of dwindled where else did i go there was uh oh there's this place in the in the east village called desnuda and it was a oyster bar and ceviche bar and they would do um they had just like wine ceviche oysters and truffle popcorn that's all they had fun and i loved it and then there was a place called pilos that was i think on the same street on 7th street wait was pilos the one that had like those jars that were like hanging from the ceiling the earthen jars? Pottery, yeah, like hanging yeah. from the ceiling. And then I went to 7A a lot. Did you ever go to 7A? I didn't. What is that? Just like a kind of a dumpy dinery lunch spot. Miss Lily's is like took over their spot a few years Yeah. Later few years later what was the food situation at work at 30 rock did they was it like good crafty shitty crafty it was good it was it was it was too too good it was uh hard to resist at times our catering was amazing and it got it got better every year like i think in the i remember i think in the first two seasons it was good yeah and it got like really good yeah once you're on a hit show it just gets better and better it gets better and better yeah (laughs) You know, you know, you're about to get canceled when they're like, "All right, guys, just uh, Chick Fil A, nothing over five bucks, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's walk away lunch. Uh, just you know, do what you want." Okay, so what is your death row meal? My death row meal. This is actually funny. Cause this is a this is a question that I ask my I ask people a lot too. Um, because I love this question. Yeah. My death row meal. I would do a bacon cheeseburger on a brioche bun with avocado truffle parmesan french fries and an entire bottle of sauvignon blanc from new zealand whoa specific uh-huh like, I, thought about it a I I know i'm like she must be committing a lot of murders if she's like i actually need to know the answer to this <laughs> I'm like just preparing for that time where I do commit the murders. Yeah. I mean, you're practicing on the red pepper already. I get it. Yeah. That's a good death row meal. You know, it's funny. Most people's death row meal is some sort of beef thing. It's like a steak or a burger. No one's like, my death row meal, um, I want to have a cucumber soup. Like, it's never. It's like, no. I asked a friend recently and they told me this like elaborate sushi meal. And I was like, Really? I don't know. For me, that just doesn't sound as fun as something like hearty, you know? Well, that's the thing. It's like, I want to eat something that I feel awful afterwards eating so that because then that's the best part is I'm going to die soon. So I don't have to deal with, you know, I'm not it's not it doesn't matter if, if I'm not going to sleep well or whatever. I can have an omakase and sleep fine. But like, no, a big steak with potatoes. I want to feel like so exhausted that I'm like, you know what? Actually, just put me out of my misery. I don't want to live like this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's I think that's why I chose the, you know, the whole thing. And I would drink like the entire bottle of wine. I'd be probably kind of drunk. And then I'd just go out like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's awesome. What would be your favorite what this is going to be a dark question but like how would you want to go out if they gave you a choice this is going to sound like like absolutely crazy but if i had the choice i probably like want to jump off of a really beautiful cliff okay so that i could at least have a little bit of a thrill before i die instead of just being in a on like laying on a bed and being injected yeah right a bed that other people have laid on the sheets are i don't know how i don't know how often they change those sheets on that bed. yeah no i don't know what the thread count is low thread count 
Definitely not Egyptian cotton. No, not at all. <laughs> no, it's like it's like Bulgarian cotton. No one wants to lay on that. No, 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 no. Shout out to my Bulgarian listeners. We love you. What is the best high-end meal you've ever had? I had a really – I love scallops. That's like one of my other favorite foods. Love. Um, I had a delicious scallop meal at um, a Jean-Georges restaurant in New York. I think it was Perry Street. Oh, interesting. So yeah, Perry Street was, he opened that like 15 years ago. I don't even know if it's still there. Yeah, I went there and had a delicious scallop dish. I lived a block away from that restaurant. And I remember, I, it's like, I went there with my mom. It's like a good lunch with your mom place. Mm-hmm. I think I went with like, with family too. Yeah. But it was like so quiet and like kind of, it was super quiet and like very like sterile. Like in it a way, was kind of sterile. I feel like yeah. all of his restaurants are a little sterile, though, or the ones I've been to. You know, he had a restaurant that I loved in the meatpacking district called Vong. Do you remember that one? No. It was like his ode to like Southeast Asia, and it was like Thai flavors, and like it. It was pretty cool. Like you felt like you were going into like I don't know some like colonial mansion in like Thailand with like bamboo fans and stuff. Like it was pretty pretty cool actually. I liked it a lot. It was awesome. It was cool. I think there's still one in Vegas now. I think it lives on in Vegas. It's like restaurants die in New York and they get a second life in Vegas. <laughs> what is the best low-end meal you've ever had? I would just say like a New York bagel, mm. like a pumpernickel bagel with um, with locks. Pumpernickel, huh? Yes. Whoa. Locks, a little bit of cream cheese, not a lot, and then like capers and onions and tomato you know i always ask for a little bit of cream cheese too and a lot of people think they're like oh you're being like low fat i'm like no they, they always mess up the ratios no it's always so much especially in, in new york and new jersey they slab it on you have like this much cream cheese and it's just yeah. kind of gross after a bit to have that much cream yeah cheese. i want just a little bit i want to taste it i want to know it's there but i don't want it to be the only thing i taste i'm trying to figure out what's more gross all that cream cheese or a pumpernickel bagel katrina what's wrong with you i hate them <laughs> Oh, why? It's the fennel or, or what? I feel like pumpernickel in general, I'm just never, I've never been a fan of the nickel. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to, it just doesn't do it for me. I, I feel racist saying it. I feel like very racist saying it. I know. <laughs> I want pl- I want pure white bread. <laughs> no, I like, a, I like sesame or an everything bagel. I don't know. Pumpernickel is like, it's kind of... It's just like a little too healthy tasting in a way. Oh, I, I just know. think it's fun. My my friend uh, from New Jersey came and visited me last week and brought me a, like six everything bagels from New Jersey and six pumpernickel and they're in my freezer and they are so good. Oh my God. Did you read this article in the Times about LA bagels now being better than New York bagels? I did. What so. What's the place that they said though? Is there one place? There's two places in LA. One... One is Courage Bagels, uh, which is in like Silver Lake. But I forget the other one's in Culver City. But my issue with them is this. Like, it's an hour-long wait online to get these bagels. I don't think I ever want to wait an hour for a bagel. I don't care how good it is. Like, there's a ceiling to how to how long I... I'll wait an hour maybe for other stuff, but for a bagel? Like, yeah, and where you could go literally into any bagel shop in New York and get the best bagel and you wait, I don't know, a minute? If you have to, yeah. so it just seems silly. It seems silly. It seems silly. Also, like you can't Postmates any of these bagels. The only time I ever want to have a bagel usually now is like if I'm hungover. So now I'm hungover and I have to go wait in a line with a bunch of dicks in like <laughs> Silver Lake. 
I don't want to do that. Yeah, that sounds pretty miserable. Speaking of hungover uh, drinks or foods, do you have a favorite hangover cure? <sighs> you know, I don't I don't have a cure. I no. just feel like every year that goes by, it just gets harder and harder to drink <laughs> um, and survive the next day. Yes, it is depressing. For food, though, like comfort food the next day, I'm into like a big omelet with toast. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. Some people want like bananas and smoothies. I'm like, what are you doing with your life? No, you need no, something a- to like soak it up. That's that's every other day. You got to soak it up. I, I bet there's no science to that soaking up thing, but we say it and it makes us feel good. <laughs> like who, who, who started the whole soaking it up? <laughs> you know, like someone started it and we've all just run with it. Some degenerate who is trying to justify his like awful eating habits. Like, no, no, no dude, it soaks it up. It's good. You have to have the grilled cheese to soak it up. You soak it up. If not, it goes into your liver and your liver has to absorb the whole thing i'd rather have the egg and cheese absorb the whole thing (laughs) do you have a favorite drunk food like while you're drunk anything like mexican like i love like a taco like a late night taco yeah something like that that's a good one i feel like you you work a lot is it tough to be hungover when you go to work yeah i try not to do it yeah i can't do it i can't do it there's nothing worse than having a really early call time and and being hungover i mean that's just it's just not it's just not how you want to live and go through your day. Also having to act while you're hungover is the worst thing ever because not only do you have to do the acting, then you also have to act not hungover. <laughs> yeah, so you're you're doing double time and you you're also have to be double. like really nice to people and hear loud noises and that's oh. also very jarring if you're hungover. Yes. yes, it is. It's true. You do have to have put on this happy face when you go on set because you don't want people to be like, "Man, that Katrina, she's kind of a bitch on set. Like, we're always being nice. We're being sweet. Being your best version of yourself. And it's hard to be the best version of yourself when you're hungover. And then we come home, we close the door, and we're the monsters that we are. (laughs) Yes. And the true self comes out. (laughs) Do you have a favorite celebrity chef? Now, this can be a celebrity chef, a celebrity food personality, like an Anthony Bourdain or something like that. Yeah, this is a hard question because I feel like there's been so many scandals with so many of them. I know. They're all being taken down. I always loved Bobby Flay. Like, I always liked his restaurants, and I love Beat Bobby Flay. It's such a silly show, but it's it's fun to watch. And then um, Anthony Bourdain. I just, I loved him so much. Um, I know. He was wonderful. That show, Beat Bobby Flay, is, like, my favorite airline show. Like, if I'm flying, mm-hmm. I will just, uh, if they got that on the Delta, I'm in. I will nonstop. It just, they go by really fast. It's it's funny. It's it's kind of stupid, but it's it's really great. <laughs> he had a funny show. Wait, it wasn't Beat Bobby Flay. There was another one where like he would go into like small towns and like he'd go to like these small town restaurants. It was such a fucked up concept. Like these restaurants thought that they were doing a show. Like let's say it was like a muffin place, and they're like, there were literally there was one that was so sad. It was in Maine, and there were these two ladies who made muffins, and there were like these two old ladies, and they're like, where are the muffin ladies? And they there's a ruse. They think that they're doing a pilot for a Food Network show, right? So that's what they tell them. And they're like, we love making muffins. We've been doing it forever. And they do these fun little poses where their backs are to each other, you know? And then Bobby Flay shows up and surprises them and is like, hey, what's up? It's me, Bobby Flay. I'm going to make a muffin better than you do. And then it like becomes like this guerrilla competition. <laughs> and then Bobby Flay like beat the women at the muffin thing. And it was so sad. And you could tell even he was sad. He was like, no, but these are great muffins. I didn't, I didn't, these are, <laughs> these ladies are like, what just happened? 
<laughs> so he basically took Beat Bobby Flay and took it on the road and just made it like really heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. It's so sad. I think they've stopped doing it because it was it was it was so messed up, but it was very entertaining to watch. <laughs> <laughs> now I kinda wanna watch like old episodes of it. It was throwdown. <laughs> throwdown. <laughs> You know, I think I watched an episode of Throwdown and there was like these women, they called themselves, the, I remember this so vividly, they called themselves the casserole queens and they said they made the best chicken pot pie. And they actually won. Oh, good. It's so sad when he, because <laughs> it's so bad because these poor women didn't even know what was going on. They're like, wait, what's happening? But are we getting our own Food Network show? They're like, nope, you're not. You're about to get humiliated by Bobby Flay. <laughs> You suck. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> Do you have a desert island food? You're trapped on a desert island. You're never going to get off. One thing you have to eat for the rest of your life, and you're not going to get tired of it. This is such a hard question because I would probably get tired of anything. But um, apples. Really? I really love apples. I know it's, it's just not very exciting, but I love them. They would give me some energy. I don't know if they'd sustain me very well. Wow. Interesting. What what kind of apple are you? Are you into all apples like or just like specific? Pink lady apples are my mm. favorite. Okay. I always, I always forget which ones are my favorites. Is that like a crispy one? It's crispy and it has just like a really sweet tart flavor. It's, it's mm. just really, it's really good. Get one next time you're at the store. I will get one for for sure. I don't go to the store anymore. My Postmates driver will pick it up. He will. <laughs> it's funny because I used to be so like precious about going to the supermarket. I need to look at the food. I need to select it. I need to put it under my loop. And then like now I'm like, I don't care. Whatever Daryl thinks is great, Daryl can pick for me. <laughs> go, Daryl, go. Uh, is there a food that you can't stand eating? Yes. Uh, seaweed. Really? But I will give a caveat on that. Like if it's, if it's a seaweed paper in a sushi, I don't mind it. It's more like when it's like wet, like a seaweed salad or like if it's on top of something. Like the seaweed in a miso soup. Yes. Oh, I don't mind that. Uh, no, I don't, I don't like that, but like, like ocean salad, you know, when they you have like seaweed salad. Oh yes. I know exactly what you're saying. It's kind of snotty, which I love that, but it definitely is a little mucusy. And I just don't like the taste of seaweed in general. Like even those like seaweed snack things that people eat in those little packets. I no, can't. Those seaweed snack things are the saddest thing in the world. It's like have a real fucking snack. It's not really a snack. It's yeah, you're having a whiff of it's like the sea just like farted in your mouth. It's gross. <laughs> exactly. Why are you doing this to yourself? That should be their their slogan. It's like the sea farting in your mouth. <laughs> I don't think it'll help him sell, but... No, I don't think so either. Now, our final question, which is my favorite question. What is your restaurant pet peeve? I really do not like it when the second you, like, finish a plate, someone is over there trying to take it away. Oh, I'm with you, sister. Yeah. Like, give it, like, a few minutes. Like, wait until the vibe seems like we're actually done, then clear it away. I also hate when I'm sitting with, like, three people... One of them finishes and they take their plate away, leaving the other two. Like, I think they should take all the plates off at the same exact time because then you feel pressured to finish. And I hate that. And then the person who finished early feels like, well, shit, I finished early. What am I supposed to do now? Like, I'm the one who finished. Yeah. Like, what have I done? <laughs> it makes everyone feel awkward. And then I've, I've been the asshole who'd say, oh, do you mind just taking everyone's plates at the same time? And then I look like this super controlling 
assholes. <laughs> like, and they're like, wow, he definitely hits her. He is so controlling. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I'm glad that you're you're you feel the same way or similar. I I feel like you're. You wouldn't actually. You're 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 a classier version of me. You wouldn't actually tell the waiter, "Don't do that." You wouldn't. You wouldn't take a picture of the wine to see how much it's worth. But it's in there somewhere. But now I kind of want to. Now you right? put the idea in my head. Now I right. Now next time I have people bringing wine over, I'm gonna I'm gonna think about it. You should. I don't know if it's... I'll do it, but I'll think about it. <laughs> Here's what you can do: take a picture of the label, send it to me. Let me do it. I won't even tell you what happened. I'll just tell you if that's a good friend or a decent friend or a bad friend. Or if they should be invited back or not. Yeah. It's like have some respect. Katrina, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so, so much for doing this. Tell the people where they can find you. I'm on Instagram at Katrina K. Bowden. And that's pretty much the only place I do anything. So okay. here I am. Awesome. Well, thanks again. This was so much fun. And uh, yeah, I'm going to come over for some uh, beef and salmon soup uh, with peas someday. Salmon <laughs> soup, yeah. The Werewuva special. All right. Take care, Katrina. Nice to meet you. This episode of Green Eggs and Dan was produced by Andrew Steven and edited by Jordan Aaron. Executive produced by Jeff Umbro and The Podglomerate. You can find more of their podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music is Beautiful Food by Idan, and the interstitial music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like this show, please tell a friend, share an episode, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's really important to us, guys. Please do it. If you want more Green Eggs and Dan action, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at StandUpDan. Also, we have a YouTube page where you can actually see me and my guests going through their fridge in addition to other videos. Just type in Green Eggs and Dan in YouTube, like and subscribe please we need a lot of subscribers on that page you will really enjoy it it's a very fun element of the show truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.